Is this real? Is that what you want to know? After all that, is this real? Well, from the offensive perspective, yeah, believe it or not, it's as real as it's been. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're in, too. Hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Steelers 16, Bengals 10 here in Cincinnati. No, it was not thrilling. No, it was not a clash of National Football League Titans. But yes, it was really a real breakthrough for the long and appropriately maligned offense. The jokes, the jokes throughout the week were that, oh, you watch, now that now that Matt Canada's gone, they're going to go ahead and have a 400-yard game. And uh, <laughs> that's very, very funny. Guess what? They did. 421 yards. Your Steelers produced 421 yards of offense. Your Steelers produced six plays of 20-plus yards. Your Steelers produced two of those over the middle of the field to a tight end, including borderline symbolically the very first snap from scrimmage. Also a deep sideline pass to Deontay Johnson, a deep sideline pass to George Pickens, two 20-plus yard runs for Najee Harris, one of which saw him carry half the Cincinnati franchise on his shoulders. But that's not the part that gets me. Kenny Pickett completing 72.7% of his passes isn't the part that gets me. Friermuth having the literal game of his life. With nine catches and 130 yards, that's not the part that gets me. This is, listen when I asked number 88 if he'd been aware that this workload was coming. Did you have an idea that you were going to be this busy? Uh, not to that this extent, but I, I, I for sure thought going into the game that they gave us too high, like they've been doing a lot in the past, that I could have a big game for sure. It doesn't sound like there's much to that answer, right? He's just saying, ah, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I thought maybe, but then they showed us something, and then we went at it. This is offensive scheming. This is offensive strategy, and it's flexible. It's malleable based on the opponent. But the goal isn't to stay away from what the opponent wants you to do. The goal is to beat them down. For you as an offense to be the one dictating the terms. Let me try to explain here what the principal game plan was coming onto the field. And I mean literally coming onto the field because this was, again, the very first snap from scrimmage. The Steelers went out there wanting to see if the Bengals were going to be in their two high safety shells. And they were. And as Mike Tomlin would later word it, they weren't going to let them get away with that. They weren't going to let them have that. They weren't going to let them basically split the safeties up at the risk of oversimplifying this and 
guarding the sidelines, making sure that nothing was going to get get them beaten that way. They weren't going to let the Bengals just leave the middle of the field wide open, daring this team that never, ever, 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 ever used the middle of the field with Canada in charge to take that approach. So the Steelers dictated this. Bang, right away. Very first snap. Beautiful, too. 24 yards. Absolute arc from Pickett to Fryermuth. And then from there, they started forcing the Cincinnati defense to move around. Because what they did was they have to, as we've been talking about for a while here, Use the same playbook. They can't change the plays. But what they can do, and they did, was change the formation anyway. They went out there with three tight ends. You saw them. Almost the whole game. Fryermuth, Connor Hayward, Darnell Washington. Hayward ended up catching two passes. Washington caught one. But they went out there in the heavy formation for the purpose of showing Cincinnati that and advertising to Cincinnati, you'd better stay in your base defense here because we're going to run and we're going to run on you all day, all night if needed because the Bengals have a terrible run defense. So what happens? The Steelers put themselves at a theoretical disadvantage by showing the run. And the Bengals are like, all right, yeah, we'll stop your run. We'll stop your run. We'll show you. But in the meantime, the Steelers used the formation and used the tactic to set themselves up for a really nice passing day. 278 yards in total, just through the air. Yeah, the Steelers. Pickett, who everybody was ready to throw out last week. And what do you know? Kenny starts looking a little bit more confident as the game's going on. Did you pick up on that? Not just the deep balls. How about the accuracy, the touch that was shown on the shorter routes? Those ones to Fryermuth that would go either left or right. You remember them now as I'm mentioning it, right? That, that's what Kenny used to look like. So there was a plan. There was an overall plan. There was an adjustable plan. There was going to be a plan if the Bengals had come out and surprised them with something that they hadn't expected. Remember that line last week from Cleveland? Yeah. More than one player mentioned it. Might have been part of what got Canada fired. Well, on this one, they came out with a plan, a plan of attack, a plan of let's see what happens, and a plan B in case those things didn't play out the way they'd expected. Or hoped. So, hey, hats off to Mike Sullivan. Hats off to Eddie Faulkner. Hats off to Tomlin because he finally made the move. And from the sound of it, and from what I gathered yesterday, actually had something to do with this plan, even if it was just looking at what Cincinnati does defensively and contributing to that concept, to that part of this overall concept. I asked Tomlin what he had to say about his offense, his coaches, his players for having to deal with these circumstances. What can you say about the job these coaches did under under these circumstances, offensive coaches? I'm not worried about under these circumstances. That's our job. Um, And they did it. 
Oh, man, it's so like him to rain all over that, isn't it? When we come back, J1Q. Luxembourg Garbett Kelly and George LGKG is a personal injury law firm in Western Pennsylvania that represents people hurt in car accidents or who need help with workers' comp or medical malpractice. When the attorneys at LGKG make you a promise, they keep it. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG's been AV rated, the highest rating a law firm can receive, and They've been designated super lawyers. That's actually a thing for over 15 years. It's a rare combination. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them by visiting lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. LGKG. Q comes from Melissa who asks DK, will Mike Tomlin ever learn from his mistakes and put someone in charge of watching replays and advising him on challenges? The answer to this, Melissa, is no. It could be the year 2033, 2043, and he's not going to change. For anybody who doesn't know exactly what Melissa is asking about, early in the game, Kenny Pickett threw an apparent touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson. Johnson took a couple of steps, was pushed down out of the end zone in the back, came down hard and didn't hold on to the football. Now, you know the whole thing about completing the catch and everything else. Well, for the most part, that gets wiped away if you're a wide receiver who has solid command of the ball and takes a couple of steps in the end zone, which he did. So the prevailing thinking, and I can tell you this was the case in the press box, was that this could have, probably would have been overturned for a touchdown had Tomlin challenged it. And he didn't. So it cost the Steelers a really, really valuable set of points early in the game And in a game where they could have used them because it stayed close the entire way. So you better believe I asked Tomlin why he didn't challenge. Why not challenge the the Deontay play? You know, because uh, they were definitive and I lost vision of it. Um, It was people between me and him. I couldn't count steps. They never gave us another look at it in stadium. We didn't get a quick enough look at it uh, up top. Sometimes that happens when you're on the road, but some games being on the road, some games being at home, all those things even out in the big scheme of things. Now, it's funny that the first time that I reported on this scenario, was several years ago, also here in Cincinnati. And when I did so, I had probably, I I can't even hazard a guess at the percentage of people who heard that reporting and said, you're nuts. There's no way that's true. Uh, You know, you're making it up. You're a terrible reporter, blah, 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 right? And that's because I was trying to explain to people that Tomlin's methodology for this is to look up at the scoreboard and he will complain 
out loud, as you just heard in that response, that the scoreboard in someone else's stadium won't show the replay more than once. Why would they do that if it would work against their own team? But that's part of, that's part of how he does this. And he's never changed it and he's not going to change it. Even the one off season where how the Steelers would be studying replays and reviews and so forth and how they would attach a person to it. Even that resulted only in Tomlin just parenthetically throwing out, yeah, Brian Flores, we're going to put that on his list. Sure we are. Yeah, Brian Flores, who was only going to be around for a year no matter what, never once came up that Brian Flores was even remotely involved in this stuff. Tomlin won't let go of it. He sees it as a feel thing. He sees it as something that only the head coach should be able to do, and he's not about to take somebody else's word for it. This is insanity. This is something that needs to be stopped by the owner of the franchise. Because you can look all around the NFL and see that there are all kinds of people involved in determining when to throw a challenge flag, when to call a timeout, when and where there there's a certain vague rule that might apply to something or not. And Tomlin won't let go of any of it. And he's looking at the out-of-town scoreboard when he could have himself for something that's this important to a company that spends literally hundreds of millions of dollars to do business. He could have seven, eight people sitting just back in Pittsburgh somewhere in some review replay room. They could even put fancy logos on it and whatever and have a direct communication with the head coach that says, hey, coach, Deontay was completely in bounds. You've got to throw the challenge flag. You gotta do it right now, coach. Just throw it. He won't do that. And he'll take points off his team's board for it, and no one will do anything about it. So now does everyone believe me? Now that I got him to say it out loud to everyone yesterday? I appreciate the question. Maybe more than you'll know. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will do another one of these tomorrow.